0: Welcome to Well Said, a podcast produced by the Well Community Church and hosted by Mary Graham and Tori Mayo. Our desire is to equip you with the knowledge and confidence to apply a biblical perspective to current topics while building and strengthening connections around our church. Join us as we explore how our faith intersects with the world around us.
1: Hey, what up?
2: Hey, hey.
1: How are you? Great. We joked about starting this episode really downcast, so I wanted to do the exact opposite.
0: Yeah. Well, you did have like the low voice tone. Me? I did? A little bit. I don't know. It felt like it.
1: Uh, Just because I almost said, what it do? And I was like… Oh,
0: yeah. That (laughs) would have made me laugh. You should have done that.
1: (laughs) Uh, I just threw you off last time with the
0: welcome. You got to hit hit me a little harder next time. So… We good? Yeah. Sweet. Great. Excited about today? I am too. But I'm most excited about this icebreaker question because I feel like there might be another opportunity for us to reconcile after it.
1: Okay. (laughs) Uh, That's a good start. You you have some
0: really strong opinions about this. And so we'll just dive in. Uh, What kind of pet is best? And will they be in heaven?
1: What kind of pet is best? Yes. Uh, No pet. That's
0: exactly why. (laughs)
1: No pet is the best pet. Okay, if you uh, had to
0: have a pet, though, you have to pick one.
1: A tiger. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, no. Okay, if I had to have a real pet, you
0: had to have a real pet.
1: Um, I guess, and I can't can pick like a fish.
0: What? What kind of pet is best? Tell, a us, fish. tell us why.
1: Because you have to take care of it. You're not attached to it. Tosta's back but you there you got to clean their tank? Uh,
0: That's annoying.
1: I mean, but if you don't and it dies, it's like, whatever, it's a fish. I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't actually feel that way. All right. Okay. So I guess a fish though, because you don't got to take care of it. I guess a dog, because I have four kids and they would probably love a dog, mm-hmm. but I would not want to take care of, nor do I have the finances for a dog right now. So. Okay.
2: All
0: right.
1: Yeah. All right. And will they be in heaven? That's two questions.
0: I know.
1: Um... Gosh, I hate to hurt people's theology at the start of the... (laughs) No, your animal will not be in heaven. Sorry. I do think that animals will be in heaven. Mm -hmm. But they do not have purchased souls here on earth. They are physical beings, which is great. But they do not have purchased souls. And so uh, I think we get super attached to them. But people get super attached to all sorts of things. They get attached to like... Buildings and trees, and, and it's like, hey, will that be there? Like, no. So I think because there's such physical body mm-hmm. that we feel it, but there's not the spiritual reality that exists there. So I could also be very much wrong. Yeah. I'm like, I guess that every single animal that has ever died would somehow be in heaven. That's a lot of animals. That's a lot of animals. That's a lot of overpopulation of things I don't already like that much anyway. So yeah. Yeah. anyway, I, okay. I I wish that somebody's love could love something into existence, but yes. that's not how it works. All right. So.
0: All right. Interesting thoughts. You weren't as hostile to this question as I thought you would be. Oh, usually, Praise God.
1: It's because I'm being sanctified. Okay.
0: Right, <laughs> well, I personally think that dogs are the best pet. I... Because there's a reciprocal relationship. I think that's a huge part of like the pet. If I'm going to pour in all of this time and effort and money, the like ability of a dog to have some reciprocal part of your life is like the best. I feel that. Like, you know, Colt Colt was a champ. Getting to hunt with him, doing things, working together, creation, man, all of it in beauty harmony. I mean, that's the garden right there. So will they be in heaven? <laughs> I also hope, I hope that they are. I hope in some way that is true. They have Ruach, so they have the spirit of Mm -hmm. life of God. Mm -hmm. So do we, so do plants. Does that mean though that they get to be there? I don't know. I I feel like though, there's not a definitive answer.
1: Uh, I agree with that.
0: So there's hope for us out there. Dog lovers, cat lovers, fish lovers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I feel like though- Every time questions like redeemed. this are asked, I feel like it's just a setup for people who don't like I pets know. to be like demonic. <laughs> people be looking at you like, oh, so you hate kids. <laughs> you hate life. It's like, <laughs> no, like oh just because I don't like your pet doesn't mean that I'm like now all of a sudden wicked. You <laughs> hey, know? I didn't pick this question, so, by the way.
0: It was submitted. Okay. So.
1: Thank you. Whoever did that for making me look like <laughs> a bad pastor and a... Bad husband. I uh, think you
0: did great. Bad
1: father. You even okay, said good. a
0: dog because it would make your kids happy.
1: Look at that. As a
0: possibility.
1: See, look at this redemption. This, I hope Makaiah listens and holds you into to the, this. <laughs> Into the conversation. You're redeeming me. Thank you. Here we go. I'm
0: trying. Yeah. So today's topic is can men and women disciple each other? Dun dun dun. Can they?
1: Dun is dun it dun, possible?
0: dun. Is it possible to do well? Is it possible to do it really badly? Yeah. Let's find out.
1: Okay, I'm ready. Yeah. Um, So I think to start off, it's important that we get what is discipleship.
0: 100%.
1: Because I think that, and so just a little quick background. If you uh, do not attend the well, or if you have not been keeping up, This is actually dropping as we're kind of nearing the end of a discipleship series. We're kind of right in the middle of it, actually. And um, as we think about the realities of discipleship, what that means, how we do that, it's important that we understand that our paradigms are usually kind of messed up when Mm -hmm. we think about discipleship. Yeah, They're usually sort of mispositioned. Our lenses are kind of skewed around discipleship. And so discipleship, I would argue, is very simply uh, helping somebody love, follow, and serve Jesus. All of us are making disciples. It's just what are we discipling people towards? Yes. And so I could be discipling you towards— You could be discipling me towards being a dog lover. Yep. Like we just talked about. And if you continue (laughs) to press on that, that's what you're doing. A disciple is a follower, right? You're trying to help me follow a line of thinking, follow a thought. An idea,
0: a concept, a thing. So we're
1: always making disciples. Every time we talk about how great this restaurant is or how… Right before we started shooting, we were talking about, do you like margaritas or wine or these different type of drinks or this (laughs) restaurant or that restaurant? It's like… Right, and it's like it's because we're trying to like encourage one another toward a thing, a train of thought. That's what discipleship is. So, can men and women disciple? It's like you're already doing it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now we know what the heart of this question is. The heart yeah. of this is, hey, can we pour into one another on an intentional sort of spiritual way, which we will answer. But I think getting this idea of discipleship is helping somebody love, follow, and mm-hmm. serve. Mm-hmm. I'll maybe even say something. Christian discipleship is helping yes. people love, follow, yes. and serve Jesus. And genuine discipleship has a level of intentionality to it where I'm purposefully trying to help mm-hmm. you to love, follow, or serve Jesus. That's healthy and good discipleship. And so I think it's important to get that definition as we start.
0: Yeah, I think that's so good. And I love that we as a church are talking about it. And So if you want to know more a little bit about that simplicity, simplistic nature of discipleship, listen to our sermon series, we'll have a whole web page that has resources of kind of what we believe about that. Um, and so some of why we wanted to talk about this specific twesh- question is to break down some of these preconceived notions about what discipleship is. So, you know, we've joked a lot about in the series. If you've listened to it, it's it is going to Merit Coffee in Austin, Texas at 7.15 and ordering your latte and having uh, your scripture open and reading and with certain people and all of that. Mm -hmm. But we often don't think about that as a man and a woman doing that. Mm -hmm. And so if we broaden and expand our discipleship concept and idea to helping someone love, follow and serve Jesus, then... We don't just think about that coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And now we can look at the rest of our life at opportunities, relationships, people, and how we can leverage them to point others towards Christ.
1: hundred percent, a hundred percent. And so I think that maybe even to tee this up because I know at the end, actually, we're going to talk about our relationship as well. But even just thinking, okay, so what can that look like? Can that look like 715, Merit, Merit owes us a bunch of gift cards, by the way. <laughs> I dropped them in the first two sermons. Oh, that's I right. <laughs> yes, so I'm I'm still waiting on my gift card to come in. But uh, like, can it look like that? Does it look like something else? Mm-hmm. Like, and so I think uh, maybe asking like, hey, what does discipleship between men and women actually look like? I don't know how. How would you begin to answer that? Um, we'll unpack that this yeah, whole episode. Yeah, yeah. But how would you begin yeah. to answer that?
0: I do think it's a loaded question, and it's something that we do need to actually think about because there are as we know culturally appropriate and inappropriate boundaries between people. And so I think one of the biggest things of it look looking like a lot of times, you know, in in church context we have hey we're there's there's personal and there's corporate discipleship. So if I am sitting next to a dude in church and he is listening and worshiping, I'm actually being discipled. Mm-hmm. By that. So that's an interesting, easy concept. You're preaching the word to our people. That is helping me to love, follow, and serve Jesus. So there's a corporate place. And I think personally, it's in relationships. If you have a relationship with a person of the opposite sex, that is an opportunity for you to push someone towards Jesus. So if we're just thinking very basic,
2: Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm.
0: Any kind of relationship that you have where a different sex is involved, there's an opportunity for discipleship.
1: 100%. Yeah. And then I think to draw a little bit deeper, it's like, okay, can there be intentionality? Because that's usually what we Mm, think of mm -hmm. when we think of discipleship. Yeah. The reason we keep using the one-on-one in merit is like that's super intentional. You're getting together at a certain time, at a certain place, with a certain context, maybe even going through a certain curriculum, or you have certain questions that you ask there's a lot of intentionality in that, mm-hmm. which is really good. I think that really healthy discipleship does carry levels of intentionality. So the guy sitting next to you in church probably isn't intentionally mm-hmm. trying to disciple you at that moment. Yes, as he's worshiping, he's probably just worshiping Jesus. Now, I have genuinely at times thought I need to like worship the Lord for my brothers and sisters in Christ, even not in a fake way. Not mm-hmm. in that I need to mm-hmm. tell my own soul like this is true, and I need to remember this. And the person next me needs to remember this. Yeah. So there is some intentionality at times. But often, I'm just loving the Lord. I'm just encouraged by Him. I'm just thinking about the goodness of Him. I'm trying to submit my heart to Him. I don't know that the person behind me is being encouraged by that as well. Yeah. No intentionality. Mm-hmm. However, I would argue there is an ability to have healthy intentionality between opposite genders
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, with some wisdom that is attached to that yeah. intentionality to create right safety, but also with some wisdom attached to that intentionality to realize, hey, we need the full body of Christ if we're to see the fullness of Christ. Mm -hmm. We talk about this with diversity often, but we think about that ethnically when we use the word diversity because of how we use it in our American context. But that diversity exists generationally. It exists socioeconomically. It exists all across the map. It definitely exists from a gender perspective as well. Mm-hmm. And so if I only have deep intentionality with males, then I am missing a big piece of the Imago yeah. Day that has been inherently, intentionally, differently at mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. given to women and vice versa, obviously. And so then within that, it's like, how do you carry out this level of intentionality yeah. to create a ton of depth while keeping the safety and all of that But I think that it doesn't just have to happen corporately. Personally, there can be a lot of really healthy discipleship that happens as well. That also doesn't ever cross any boundaries. Mm -hmm. That also doesn't Mm -hmm. look weird. It doesn't put anybody below reproach. It doesn't, like, it actually can be really healthy and actually really beautiful. I think you see it all throughout scripture, which we'll get to in a little bit. But I think there's a lot of, I think that the church has mistakenly, Mm -hmm. in a desire to create, Protection usually because of hurt that they have experienced from sinful people falling in this realm. They have accidentally cut out an ability to receive from, in my case, a sister, in your case, a brother in Christ. And I get it, yo. Like sin is destructive. And so you see it and you're like, yo, never that. I don't want to risk my marriage. I don't want to, and yes, and amen, Mm -hmm. rightly so. Mm -hmm. But I think that. Already, we're looking at like the threats of versus opportunities for. We're actually operating out of a sinful mind, even in that Mm. thought. Assuming sin on the other person's behalf and even on our behalf, rather than trying to walk in the Spirit. So there's a lot that I think if we reorient our mind a little bit, there's a lot of health that can be created there.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I think, interestingly enough, we have this, if the truth is we're all discipling each other, then a lot of our corporate participation is somewhat passive. Mm. And I think you highlighted a really important part that there's an intentionality a lot of times to discipleship. Um, And I think especially because of all that you're saying, of all of these faux pas or maybe aggressive boundaries that have been put in place, there's been a lack of intentionality in highlighting, experiencing, and growing in Christ when we've missed an opportunity to have men and women intentionally, purposefully have conversations about loving following and pursuing Jesus. hundred
1: percent. Yeah. So I think of a couple of passages mm-hmm, to kind of give mm-hmm. us some frame, biblical framework. Uh, I want to very intentionally say that we are applying this passage in a different way than it was originally spoken. Now, I don't think that we're committing eisegesis, which fancy word. Exegesis means you're looking at the text, you're breaking it down, mm-hmm. and you're rightly interpreting what it's saying. Isogesis eisegesis means you're looking at the text, you're putting yourself in it, mm-hmm. you're making it apply to things you want it to apply to, you're misappropriating the text. Taking it okay? out of context. Taking it out of context, right? I don't think that's what's happening here. What Paul is doing in Romans 13, 14, and 15 is he's setting up, there's this problem in the Roman church mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out, can they eat meat that's been sacrificed to idols? There are a bunch of Gentiles, there's all this pagan worship going on. And some people are totally okay with it, and some people are not okay with it. Yeah, And they're trying to figure out what's right. Because we know that in the Old Testament, there are some practices mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, you should not touch that. That yeah. is unholy. But then also there's this freedom in Christ. And also we know there is no other God but the true God. And yet there are demons mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and other gods, divine beings, Spiritual if you will, beings, in a yes. sense, right? Yes. And so it's like, okay, is are we participating with that? And so it's confusing, understandably so. Mm-hmm. So some Christians were like, hey, we're not worshiping this God. We're just eating meat. And yeah. so it's totally okay. Other Christians are like, no, that meat's been tainted. I ain't touching it. I'm not touching that junk, With a 10-foot pole. Right? And so what do we do? Mm-hmm. Okay, now the reason I think it applies in a situation like this is because I think very similarly, it's like you've seen people fall into mm-hmm. sexual sin. You've seen people ruin other people's hearts experienced right? they've experienced yes. it totally you've seen people's hearts get all messy and sloppy and and then at other times it's like hey no but what we just said like we need each other there's an ability to see Christ differently I think that it's a very similar concept uh in today's age it's like can you watch radar movies can you listen mm. to secular music can you yeah whatever things yeah. like that drink right it's like, hey, for some people, the answer is no. Yeah. And for some people, the answer is actually there's freedom in Christ. That's okay. Now, how do you walk with wisdom within mm-hmm. that freedom? I think there's a lot of context, okay? So I'm going to— can, can I do like three different verses from this Please, real let's, quick? I'd love to you hear your thoughts it. on it. Okay, So Romans 13, um, really important pre-context, okay? Romans 13, 14 says, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ— And make no provision to the flesh to gratify its desires. Mm. Obviously talking about can men and women disciple each other, there is this element of an ability to make a provision for the flesh to satisfy fleshy desires. Mm -hmm. I desire physical intimacy. I desire emotional connection. I desire… And I want to inappropriately receive it from sources that God has not provided to me. Mm. So I will now make provisions for my flesh and call it discipleship and call it spiritual and call it godliness. So now I'm using God to get my own desires. Mm -hmm. Now I'm using the holiness of God to appease my own fleshy desires. Danger, Like, yo… That's scary, yo. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah, And let's also be real. All of us will do that at times. Yes. You know good and well, at some point in your history, you were worshiping simply because you're trying to impress the person next to you. Unfortunately, So, yes. okay, we're using godly things mm-hmm. for fleshy, I want this person to like me mm-hmm. as if it has something to do with you. So we're all guilty of this, but we all have to be cognizant of that reality. Mm-hmm. Okay, now going into 14 verse 5… Um, It says, hey, listen, one person esteems one day is better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Hey, some people are like, they really like practicing the Passover. And Paul's like, other people are like, yo, it's just a day. We weren't even there for that. It's like, hey, whatever. Each one should be fully convinced in Mm -hmm. his own mind. Okay, so how do I know what I do in my relationship? How do I know how to create health, Mm -hmm. wisdom, purity? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, you actually have to be convinced in your own mind. Yeah. What is happening here? Okay, so mind, keep that in track. Okay. We just talked about the flesh, make no presence of the flesh. Yep. Now we're talking about the mind, right? Jump down to verse 19. Um, It says, So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual building up. So what we should be pursuing with one another is a mutual, that's both ways, mm-hmm. a building up a peace that exists in one another. In my own heart... And also in yours, there should be peace that's happening. And then verse twenty-three, I think is really important. And obviously, there's a lot of context. There's other verses. I would love for you to even pull out too, if you have them. But verse twenty-three, it says, uh, "But whoever doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. Whatever does not produce from faith is sin." So what Paul says at the end of this is like, "Yo, know, some cats are like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. It stains my conscience. I am not able to watch a rated R movie." I am not able to have a one-on-one relationship with a woman at all.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I can't do it. It messes me up. And Paul would say, then don't. Mm -hmm. You have to, in your own mind, recognize your own weakness and then say, I can't do that. It's sin for me. At the same time, what you also have to do is realize it might not be sin for that other person. Mm -hmm. For them, they're, they're not thinking fleshy. The other person they're talking to isn't thinking fleshy. Yeah. There's no. So it's like, okay, there's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of right. wisdom. There's a lot of discernment. There's a lot of dependence on Christ. Yeah. Hello. That we need in general in the midst of even processing. Ooh, thing. Processing something <laughs> like this, right? And so use my hands too much. And so, um, yeah. So anyway, that, that's kind of my thought as I'm thinking through this yeah. is like, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of wisdom to be gleaned from this text about how. You can even have relationships, yeah. healthily.
0: I, yeah, I absolutely love that this is the passage that you picked because I think it makes it so practical for people. Mm. Um, because when we look around, a, a, a lot of times even our idea of discipleship is built from what we've experienced and what we've seen. Mm. So the mm-hmm. same is true for mapped on to other relationships that we have between men and women, for example. So if That's we so good, see Mary. people who are able to do a one-on-one, we think that is an expectation. We make that an expectation for ourselves. that I need to muster up the faith, the strength, the will, the myself in order to meet this expectation. Mm. But I, I love that this is where we're starting. And I think this is our first real challenge is like, we have to know what our convictions are yes. on this yes we have to understand our own boundaries and what our own comfortability is and that is a very nuanced a very important and it's and i feel like it's something that changes mm-hmm. also as your life changes i mean when i was a single woman i had a lot more freedom to spend time with men than I do now. And mm-hmm. there's a different conversation that happens, there's different boundaries. And that is something that has to be constantly pursued. Some person has different boundaries than you might have. And so you've got to have conversations to make sure, not awkwardly, which we we're just talking about,
2: mm-hmm.
0: to like figure that out. And so I think as a first step in thinking about can women and women disciple each other, the first question you ask yourself are what are my convictions? Yeah. And to kind of give space, it's like, hey, as as Tori and I are talking. Like if you have a different conviction, run with it. Please yeah. listen to yeah. what the scripture yeah. says. And if that is your like, if it's if this is too far, don't do it. And again, I think sometimes we ask the wrong questions mm. when we're talking about this. Like, how far is too far? when we're creating about how far is not. What are we? Where is the line? And da 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 da. And. That is helpful. But mm-hmm. honestly, instead of thinking about the negative, what if we thought about the positive? What if it was different in saying, does this glorify
1: God? Straight up, yeah. Stop
0: yo. thinking about, is this too far? Or is this too, is this gonna... <laughs> yo,
1: which real quick, we'd be doing that in dating.
0: We do.
1: Y'all that are dating, stop asking we that. We need it's to a, talk about dating That's sometime. a dumb question. <laughs> we should talk about dating. And I'm sorry just to say that directly, but that's a dumb question. It's like, you should not be asking how far is too far, right? When you're dating you're like, how far can I go before I start sinning? Does it glorify God? Is this glorifying to God? And for you, holding hands, may be too far. It yeah. may not be glorifying to God to you. It may not. But if you're asking, does it glorify God? You're not now mm-hmm. creating some weird standard that keeps shifting as you keep moving yep. further down the physical line yep. anyway. Or further right? in
0: depth in your relationship because the line should still be the line.
1: Okay. So Romans, uh, not Romans, sorry. Galatians 3.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Paul says that the law is a tutor to Christ. Yes. Okay. So that means the law is teaching us how to get to Jesus. Yes. All right. So when you're saying how far is too far, you're trying to make the law your guide versus Christ death. your guide versus when the law is beginning so there is a law mm-hmm. you should not be having sex before you are married yes if you disagree with that I would encourage you to dive into the scriptures to see why the scriptures care so much about your heart and soul yes and to see sex not just as a physical act but as a spiritual and yes. emotional act as well it's and way why more that than we would think. be right so a whole different conversation yep. but I'm like yo like there is a like there is a law there right
2: mm-hmm.
1: so then we go oh that's the law so I'm gonna but the law is meant to point us to something else, point, mm-hmm. to point us to Jesus. And so if we begin to go, does this glorify God? We're asking to completely. Our heart is in, yes. immediately yes. set in a different direction. Yeah. And that begins to guide us towards, I think, a lot deeper truth. So yeah. I agree with that 10,000%. Yeah.
0: So how, I want to tease that apart a little bit because I feel like that's where it gets confusing. Like that's a wonderful concept for people. Yeah. Does this glorify God? How do people actually answer <laughs> That question. Like, let's how do we find those good convictions? How do we ensure that we answer that question correctly? Because Mm -hmm. lovers of the law can say, well, it is glorifying God because I'm doing the law. So let's tease out that heart posture, finding these good convictions so that we can truly disciple one another well.
1: Totally. That's really good. So let me actually give you a really practical thing with me. So... Um, I have uh, for the past few years have had people on staff who have been uh, assistants to me. So executive assistants, they Mm -hmm. usually support the exec team, but a little bit more, they support me and our exec pastor just more directly. And all three of the people that have been in that role so far have been women. Now… I think that for me personally, once again, this is Tori Anomeo's conviction. This is your conviction. Yes. I'm like, I want to be able to spiritually and emotionally and psychologically and mentally like develop these women. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to just serve me and help me and like do all this background stuff that people don't see. And that's it. There's just task, function. That's it. Mm -hmm. There's no relationship. There's no… Like, no, I want to help their marriages. I want to help their spiritual walks with Christ. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to go, hey, how are you? Oh, good. Like, well, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. What have you been reading recently? What has God been teaching you? Why do you think he's doing that in your life? I'm discipling them. I'm asking them intentional questions to draw them into deeper love of Christ, right? And I want to be able to say, I think you should think about it like this. I think you should do this in your marriage. Mm -hmm. I actually want to be that person, my assistant, I want that husband to be like, yo, this is one of my best friends. This is one of my best. Yeah, Tori is blessing my marriage because of the way that he is pointing my wife back to Christ and back to me over and over and over again. Genuinely want that. Obviously, if I have a male assistant, I would want the same thing for their spouse, for Mm -hmm. their wife to be Mm -hmm. like, yo, this dude is Loving me way better because of Tori's discipleship, but I do think it can exist like that. Mm-hmm. And we have one-on-ones every week because yeah. I'm their ministry manager, and I walk with them through not just task stuff, but also like, "Hey, where are you at with Jesus? How are mm-hmm. you spiritually?" And so I think really practically, even like um, with uh, with the the assistants with their spouses, I've talked to all of them, like called them, "Hey." I know that this could be a relationship that goes sideways because you see that often, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Because you work close together and all of a sudden you have these misplaced affections. We'll talk about that in a second. But I'm like, hey, what are your convictions? First of all, mm-hmm. husband, you you are the one that I am submitted to fully. Mm-hmm. And so if you're like, I don't want you asking my wife about her spiritual life. Hey, okay. I, I won't a then. Yeah. That's a boundary I will not cross. I would hope that that wouldn't be the reality because I would think that I can help encourage her mm-hmm. spiritual life and therefore bless y'all's life. But I won't. If you're like, hey, I don't want you talking anything except for business. Hey, I don't want you to ask this. Hey, I don't want her to be talking about our relationship. So if she does that, like, then don't do that. Like, I want to keep that private or whatever. And I literally not just allow them to speak in. I give suggestions as mm-hmm. well. Hey, do you think, it could look like this. you think this would be okay? If at any moment, brother, you feel like there is anything that you even have a back of the mind remote question yeah. about, text me. We'll go on the phone right away. Yeah, and I will clarify anything, or we could talk about anything. Because I want it. this is the most important relationship. Not her working at the well. Yep. Not her helping me. Not y'all's relationship. And therefore, because it's the most important, that's my main priority. Yeah. And so whatever that looks like. So that's just really practically. I mean, I'm trying to get like as literally specific Mm -hmm, as possible, mm -hmm. right? It's like, man, it could be easy to have a relationship like that go sideways until you start doing stuff like that. And it's like, we've actually created all these boundaries without having to have certain rules in place. Like, don't ask this emotional question about this. or It's like, what if she starts crying because she's really hurt over this. I want to be able to have an appropriate relationship to be able to point her to truth, point her to scripture, Encourage her to talk to her husband about this or mm-hmm, that. Encourage mm-hmm. her to talk to another sister in Christ about this or that, right? And be able to understand what healthy boundaries are there. So I don't know if that's I don't I don't as I'm talking I'm like I hope I'm making sense.
0: I think that's really helpful, okay. and I think I think um, another piece that's helpful too in this idea of glorifying is like understanding roles. Like your yeah. role in those situations is ministry manager. It is pastor. Mm -hmm. So like there is that innate desire to do that, but that may not be everyone's conviction. So I want to point that out, you know, for example, for me on staff, obviously I want to take any opportunity that I spend with any man here to encourage and embolden them to do what God has called them to do. But there are, I don't feel the need to meet them in everything that they have. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I'm not a pastor. So that doesn't come as naturally is is as much my conviction, I want to, my conviction mostly is to encourage. And then I have deeper relationships with certain people on staff like you, which Mm -hmm. we've had lots of conversations with tears and pointing one another (laughs) towards the Lord. And (laughs) so, you know, you kind of have to, I think a good part of trying to decide if it's glorifying God is like, is it meeting your own need or is it truly seeing the person as someone who can look more like Jesus? Straight up, yeah. come on. If you're doing it for you, that's I. That's not going to glorify misplaced the Lord. Desire. It's yes. a misplaced, and so I think that's a very just good practical. Like, what is my? We talked about it being intention. What is my intention? Straight. in caring for this person's soul. Straight. Straight. Is it really? I mean, and. We we a lot of times we'll, we know the answer to that question. Us as Christians, we know. Oh, it's a point that like Jesus. But mm-hmm. take a second to think. Stop yourself before you do an action. Mm-hmm. Slow to speak, right? Yeah. yeah. Actually, think about the intention because you may tell yourself that, but what you're really doing is seeking value. Mm. You're seeking power. Mm. You're seeking comfort. You're mm. seeking control. Mm. You're seeking an opportunity to lift yourself and to be something to a person you never were intended to be. Say that, girl. Because it's more about you than it is actually about them. And so that's up. such a good litmus test. I mean, we could go on and on and on about stories, but I'll let you comment. I almost start speaking in tongues. And I'm then, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll let yes you comment and, and we can uh, d- tease uh, that out a little my more. My comment
1: on that is really simple. It's this, uh, what, misplaced love, affection, desire. You're needing something from somebody that mm-hmm. you're supposed to be receiving from God or from other ways that God has provided for you. Mm-hmm. You have a spouse. He is phenomenal. He
0: is uh, hes uh, awesome.
1: Yeah. So if you're Don't seeking it, it in somebody else, I'm like, God's already provided. Yeah, you're not looking at the provision of God that He's Mm. already given you. Say that, and you're looking to uh, maybe greener garden that you haven't had the opportunity to weed and corrupt yet, and you think Mm. that if you step into that garden, somehow it'll stay safe when your own garden's all corrupted,
0: and you just need as if it ain't you. It's you.
1: Go back to your garden and pull the weeds and plant the seeds and water it and make that green again because that's God's provision. So it's this misplaced Mm -hmm. desire, right? Mm -hmm. What I think within that, uh, Proverbs 7, I'm not even going to go into it. It's just really, really good. It talks about the man that falls into adultery. Mm -hmm. He's going down the road. It's late at night. This wise man is like watching him from his house, Mm -hmm. but the foolish man, He's not going looking for adultery.
0: He's just strolling down a dark street. He's just street. going
1: down a dark street where an adulteress lives. And he walks down it.
0: Mm-mm-mm. And then all
1: of a sudden, she meets him. And then she's like, my husband's gone. My bed is this. I smell like this. I look like this. He starts getting mm. confused. He starts… And that often happens because people don't check their intention. They're, where Where is my heart at right now? Is it walking down a dark road mm, at night? Because good. I have conflict with my wife right now? Because I have… Uh, insecurity that I need counseling for, that I need. And for some reason, I think that it's found in women appreciating me or mm. liking me or valuing me. I don't know how to receive my value from Christ, and so therefore yeah. I put it on you. Now I'm looking inappropriately, misplaced desire, right? Yeah. For something that only Christ or His other provision can satisfy in that way. And so that's where the law is a tutor to Christ where mm-hmm. it's like no there are boundaries the law has put in its place to show us what you're looking for that's not the, that's not going to point you to Christ don't yeah. go that direction that's going to point you to yourself yeah. towards somebody else yes. towards you need to be pointed towards Christ and so I, yeah. what you said yes Can and make Amen Can I get a quick to. shout
0: out for single people cuz I feel please. like you and I's lens a, is always a, thank
1: you that's really helpful yeah yeah and yep, yep.
0: I want to I think that this is such an important thing too, for people who are dating or seeking a spouse or who's a single person, because there's so much more of a blurred line. Like if you're seeking like your homie, you know, if I'm seeking my Scott, how, how do I discern?
1: My if, Scott. Yeah. I didn't know what you said. It <laughs> took me a second to get, go ahead, sorry. You know, so
0: like you're yep. looking for these characters and so you you're can- Your boo. S- your boo thing. Thank you. Yeah, your boo, <laughs> you're looking for your boo. Uh, how, you're trying to like, you're. a lot of people test out if they like fit this need and all of that. And so I think that guardrails there, or even sometimes we think that a lot of times, oh, you're married. You need to put a really, really high budget. I mm-hmm. almost would argue that single need to even more because mm-hmm. there is so, I think Satan, this is my own personal opinion, mm-hmm. and it's what I've experienced, uses what you're missing from the Lord or what you want from the Lord or what you disbelieve about yourself and find some person mm-hmm. to try and meet that. And like, that's, that's what I did in dating until mm-hmm. I met Scott. Every person I dated, I wanted so badly to be valued, to be seen and to be heard that yeah. any man who met my criteria, Christian, went to church, you know, they were always leaders. They did all of the, they looked perfect mm-hmm. on paper. But I sought them for the wrong reason. And I, it, they, well, clearly I didn't marry any of them. So it did not <laughs> end well. In uh-huh. fact, they all ended horribly. And one of them was just like this person, I think, did not have... His boundary line was different than mine. And so I started teasing into the romantic realm and he didn't and he didn't check on that boundary of mine about it, and I didn't speak up. And it wound up that I couldn't be his friend anymore. Mm-hmm. I had to just, I was like, hey, at some point, I was like, we are never friends. I can't, you can't speak to my life that way mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I, I can't, relationships end that way. It just, I, so I just, there's a little bit of a tangent, but I just wanna say from experience, like, I think that it's a very easy, for as we're trying, if we're trying to find a person, a, a deep friend, right? Friendships, we're talking about kind of between sex, but honestly too, this is a great conversation for women between women yeah. or men between men Straight up. in seeking relationships and depth of friendship even is like, does this glorify God? Are, there, are you seeking something in someone else that can only be met by God? Because let's be honest. That's the person who's going to fill your soul, who's going to meet every need, who's going to speak truth, because that person, whoever they may be, will let you down. Mm-hmm. They're going to. Mm-hmm. We're all sinners. And so just want to have that. Please be very clear about boundaries. Please check your intentions, mm-hmm. especially when you're dating. Don't meet a need in someone you're dating that you should be meeting in the Lord.
1: Straight up. And if they think, run
0: with you, when well, we can talk about dating. I don't want to get too far on the dating nuance, but just... Yeah, I don't know. Please, please add. It's been a while since I've been single, but...
1: I I also think not just checking intention of your own heart, but also trying as appropriately as possible in your sister, your brother's heart as well. Now, you can't be like, hey, what do you feel about me? That's strange, right? Well, if you're single, you can do that. If you're... That's just a strange way to ask that. But Mm -hmm. I'm like, you should try to discern that. And that's where I think that just having candid, helpful, appropriate protective mm-hmm. conversations mm-hmm. create some of that and that's why when I go to the you know assistant example it's like hey talking to that woman's husband is actually a really easy way yeah. to be so freaking vulnerable yes, and to set myself up as just like I am forever in the freedom to be checked in whatever way you want to mm-hmm. and I'm always going to defer I'm never going to think like come on bro like I right but then to speak to the other side yo the the positive side I'm like there's been so much fruit from that. I feel like I have a teaching gift. I feel like actually in two of the three assistants I had, there was a teaching gift yeah. that I was able to help develop yeah. because of the ability to have some of that relationship. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have a shepherding gift. I feel like I was able to help develop some of that and to be able to pour in on some of that. I am a pastor and I feel like I'm able to, see where somebody's soul is and mm-hmm. help nurture them towards Christ and be able to. And it's like when that is being done appropriately, when you can see the realities of that, there's an ability for a lot of fruit yes. within that. And so I think about the positive side of it, like yes. can men and women disciple, it's like, yeah, I do think so. Mm-hmm. I think that there can be a lot of healthy freedom with rights boundaries, with rights guardrails, mm-hmm. if you will, in the midst of that. And so I don't know, thinking about that in your own life, maybe Mm -hmm. I'm like, I could think about all the negative and unfortunately, sometimes uh, experience as a teacher from a negative side. So I too, as a single person made lots of mistakes in this, but it's like, um, I also think I've learned a lot of really good, helpful things to be able to have some of that. So what does it look like in your life? Yeah. How has that been done positively? Even in our relationship, mm-hmm. we know each other for, mm-hmm. you know, starting to get closer to a decade. It's Golly, like,
0: wow. <laughs> you know, what,
1: how has that happened? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, obviously, I have to shout out my husband because mm-hmm. he's my favorite person in the whole world. Uh, but our, obviously, that is a very vulnerable intentional discipleship constantly life on life. We use that term a lot with discipleship. That's literal life on life because his life is my life. (laughs) Right. right? You know, and so there's (laughs) countless opportunities for confession and repentance. That's something we kind of haven't talked about within these relationships in terms of boundaries, but like I can confess anything to Scott. Yeah. And seek help. I'm
1: sorry. Let me interrupt you that's already proving the ability to have safety in other relationships. Mm. Mm. If you felt like you could not confess anything, you should probably be real careful with other men because that means that y'all aren't vulnerable. Yes, That Genesis uh, 1 and 2, Naked and Unashamed— you are not spiritually, emotionally naked before him. Mm -hmm. So then you're starting to try to all of a sudden start to undress in front of somebody else. Nah, 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 Yeah, 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 that's good. So the fact that you already are saying that is showing some of the ability Mm -hmm. to have some of that health Mm -hmm. because that probably shows some health is there. Keep going.
0: Yeah, yeah. So complete transparency about life because his life is my life, right? Uh, Very cool. Also, interesting discipleship opportunity. Man, I not just personally me to my husband, but watching him love our daughter Mm. disciples me really well. I think sometimes we don't think about men and women in terms of parenting. Mm. I think that's been a beautiful gift that I've gotten to experience having a daughter and seeing a father love his daughter helps me to understand more how God himself actually loves me because he's a godly man walking in that. Another opportunity for you and I have been friends Mm -hmm. for a very long time First, we were... First, you were my pastor, I would say. If I'm going to order our relationship, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if we're going to define the relationship. (laughs) Uh, Pastor, Uh because I showed up at your CG. Friend. uh, And then, like, Mm co-laborer, essentially, because we now work together in those types of things. But... Um, I think you know you obviously know Scott very well, have discipled him in things. And so, um, I've seen like our relationship really grow me into living out my giftings mm. and callings. I mm. mean, it's it's why I left teaching and my grad school degree to come and to ministers because in a lot of ways, you believed in me and and through our friendship had fostered these gifts that God have given to mm. to blow them up. And, you know, I mentioned a lot of the like, wanting to value my voice and to be seen and to be heard. Hmm. And it's it's very interesting. We've talked about this wow. some throughout the things of like-
1: Yeah, but I've not connected with uh-huh, you're about to connect, uh-huh. that's really good.
0: That like, in so many ways, you saw that I actually had that, but you, and my husband too, of course. I just, uh, he was yep. first, yep. everything is through him. I This is a good rule that Scott and I have. Uh, I'm just gonna throw it out there, but, and then I'll kind of track that. But mm-hmm. we don't talk to anyone else about anything that's going on in our life if we haven't talked to the other person. So that's just a guardrail, a good boundary. I think like, hey, if we've got something going on, we're not talking to somebody else before we talk to each other. So, but the whole voice thing, right? Like you actually saw that I did have that value, but you correctly pointed that to the Lord Mm. always, Mm. never to yourself, Mm. never for your own gain, not for my value, Mm. which that's something I've always struggled with, but you Mm. pointed it in the right direction. So it wasn't to build me up. It wasn't to build others up. It wasn't to build you. It was for the Lord. Mm. And here I am freaking on a podcast Mm. using my own voice in the right way, I feel like for one of the first times in my life. Mm. And my desire of this is to bless other people and to use it as a gift for others. And like, you have such a huge role. Like, Mm. that's one of the things I think when we get to heaven, that God's going to be like, look what you did. Mm. And there's fruit that abounds from it. And so... I would have missed out on a lot. I think I would have missed out on a lot had we not Mm. been friends and had you not been my pastor and all the levels of our relationship, God Mm. ordained to have me live out my calling and Mm. to teach my daughter that and to value it and to encourage in others. Like it's a ripple effect. There's so much value in men and women discipling each other. I mean, it wasn't good for Adam to be alone Mm. and the right person was Eve. Mm -hmm. And so we have to do this together to experience the fullness And I got to do that and I am doing that. And Mm. I'm growing more and more into like Christ every day. My understanding of scripture, my love for scripture, I learned so much from hearing you preach, seeing the gospel, EFAP, all of Mm. those things that just stirred my affections for the Lord. And Mm. so I think the two most valuable men relationships that I've had in my life in terms of pointing me towards Christ Mm. would be my spouse and you.
1: So receive
0: that. (laughs) Bad receiver. Oh,
1: for real, I'm like tearing up. <laughs> if I did more counseling, I'd I, be like weeping <laughs> right now. Uh, that, thank you, Mary. That's yeah. super honoring. Um, it's funny, I started tearing up at first. What I said, the connection is because I know, because we know each other's lives fairly well, that you've looked for your voice, and other men in the past have used that in a way to gain selfishly mm-hmm. for their own to try to gain you for themselves versus point you to Christ, things Mm -hmm. like that. So even past relationships have been that where either you've had no voice and you need to try to work it up or they've valued it, but ultimately because they're trying to get like you for themselves. Mm. And so for you to tell me that I valued it as well, but not for that reason to try to point you to Christ and to try to have Christ use you is like super honoring you. Um, I didn't know you'd go there, so thank you. <laughs> I didn't either, that's, but the
0: Spirit's moving.
1: That's the really spirit's honoring. Moving. I think too, even just to, to honor you as well, it's like even going back to episode one mm-hmm. of our podcast, it's like the ability for you to come to me because there have been enough relational depth and enough relational trust and enough appropriate relational mm-hmm. trust mm-hmm. for you to go, hey, here's how I'm hurt. Here's what you've done to offend me. Here's where I think we need to reconcile. Then to work through it for that day and then the weeks following, even Mm -hmm. months following, to fully restore, to repair what had been broken, all those things. It's like, man, that was because of a lot of trust that had been built over the years. and A lot of
0: discipleship.
1: Right? A lot of discipleship. Both ways. Both ways. It's like, you and, the, and I said this in episode one. It's like you discipled me into how to do that well at that very moment, mm-hmm. and I was super vulnerable with you at that moment in tears, confessing we like, <laughs> "Yo, like I just have all of these bad like my." It's too long to go into. You can go back to episode one if you want. Yeah, but it's like I was all sorts of misplaced in my own head. Of like what value is. I feel like I had failed you. Therefore, I had failed God and failed myself. And and I'm like, should I just quit? Should I just like, Lord, just make me a, a salesman of something? You know, and it's yeah. like, and you were like, hey, Tori, like, I think you're trying to be Jesus. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm asking you to be. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my gosh. So now you're discipling me in that. In a moment of your hurt and then you seeing me almost overreact maybe a little bit yeah. to that. You're able to go, hey, I think you're trying to do something that you're not. I'm in tears. I'm late to go sign some papers to like our new house (laughs) at the time. Like, And it's like, yo. And then to that point, it's like that was the first conversation I had with Natalie at that night. It's like, hey, here's what happened. Here's what's going on. And obviously, Natalie loves you and trusts you and all of that. And so I think that there's so much fruit that can come. When the intention is right, mm-hmm. when there's health that's there, when
0: and you're not forcing things, right? Like yeah. we've built this friendship. Had had that thing happened at like year one of our friendship, sure, that conversation would have never, yeah,
1: totally happened, totally, right?
0: And so there's there's no need to force discipleship. There's mm-hmm. no need to. We should be people led by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit, pushing towards the gospel. How yeah. does this glorify God? How do I help you follow love? And serve Jesus.
1: Okay. As we move into the okay, so now what?
2: Yep.
1: I can hear multiple different, uh, maybe not objections, but I'm just thinking about yeah. the person, right? Like, Pull them out. It's like for the person, Romans 13, 14, right? Who's like, yo, I don't think we should just at all, like, even that, even that
2: mm-hmm.
1: example of you coming to my office and saying, here's how you hurt me, that's too far. Or I could hear the person like, yo, you didn't give me enough guidelines. Or I could hear the person like, what? Like, y'all are still being kind of like prudish almost. Mm. Like, you're not, like, I can hear all three. Yeah. You know, so I do think we kind of already answered that <laughs> a little bit. But I also do think like, yo, because it is nuanced, it is hard because you want to ultimately glorify God yeah. and be holy yeah. and honor
0: it the takes Imago Day in you and
1: and in there's a lot a lot, lot of right? thought
0: and intention and with seeking some practical and things. yeah. I think kind of going back to where we first started of like, you've got to figure out your own convictions. Mm-hmm. You have to figure out what you are comfortable with. You have to figure out, I think when you're in a relationship with someone, kindly what they're comfortable with. I think mm-hmm. that's a lot of times where we don't, we're like, this is my conviction. But we don't think about the other person's. And so we may push their boundary unintentionally and harm them. I think that happens a lot in dating. Yeah. Um, But, and also understand it's different for every relationship. Each person has different convictions. So you need to very intentionally, very thoughtfully, determine what yours are and seek to politely like we know others. that in
1: something like drinking right yeah. it's like okay my conviction is that it's okay obviously drunkenness is the is law sin. line that yep. is created so now there's freedom in christ what do i do but like i don't know obviously i know what yours is but like i don't know what this person's is so i just ask them yeah hey do you drink or no are you okay with that and they're like oh no i don't I'm not like why well, do and let me tell you why you should.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like I'm like okay great. You're not going to
0: hand them a drink at a park, <laughs> you know like at a, at a barbecue.
1: And we've done that where it's like yo like NCGs. We have mm-hmm. recovering alcoholics, and yeah. people are like yo let's drink. And it's like no, we need to love. So now when me and you are one on one and we're both okay with it, sure. But like we need to know that person. So we know that we know this wisdom in something yeah. like that. Yeah, I think taking that same sort of thing, applying it here, is really wise. Yeah, like give a practical example of that. Yeah,
0: easy practical example. We have a new person on staff, Jason. Uh-huh. We're going to a meeting. I very politely ask a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, in the Christian culture, like, hey, don't ride in a car. Mm-hmm. Don't sit at a closed door. And so I didn't know what his convictions were. So I just said, hey, do you do you want to drive separately? You want to ride in the same car?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We can ride together. Okay. That mm-hmm. tells me very easily what his boundary that he has determined with Tiffany, his spouse. And, you know, to like, okay, we can ride in a car together to, you know, a meeting at a, three minutes away. Three minutes away. So <laughs> right. Totally fine. Mm-hmm. Right? But I have had situations where I've asked that question in ministry and someone has said, let's take two cars. I'm mm-hmm. like, great.
2: Mm-hmm. No
0: problem. No awkwardness. You don't feel like,
1: oh, it's because I'm a woman? Yeah. No. Oh, because I like, it's like, right? Don't Which take I it think personally. Imp- yeah, you don't take it personally. It's like, no, I want to respect that. Yeah. Uh, I Come with am humbleness. okay with that but I've I have at times been like let's take separate cars yeah because I don't know that person as well right or because I'm like hey what are my intentions here not like oh I'm less than after this person I'm worried about my intentions right it's just yeah but I'm like man like I don't even know or like relationally where where we're at so literally I've pivoted Mm -hmm, on my mm -hmm. convictions at times based on the person situation my own heart my own sometimes I'm like, I just need time with the Lord. Yeah. Like I need so that's You're a good example. The right I'm asking the right question. Does this glorify God? Yeah.
0: Is this helping someone else love, follow, and serve Jesus? Mm-hmm. So
1: mm-hmm. yeah. And, and I can hear one. the person being like, well, somebody's gonna abuse it. You're spot on right. Somebody is going to use freedom for their own selfishness mm-hmm. and they're going to then consume it and hurt others in the process, just like with alcohol, just like with a movie, just like with yeah. anything. So I think that that's where like we can't allow other people's sins to then define everything Mm. for everyone and actually begin to steal what the Lord could be doing because other people pervert it. So it's like, okay, now we can no longer have any one-on-one. So what happens when I'm your ministry manager? I guess I can't do that. What happens though, because I'm the lead pastor, Mm. what happens when we're trying to raise up women? If I can never, ever, ever talk to women, women will never, ever be raised up, at least not anywhere, quote unquote, near me because I'm the leader. So if you start carrying that conviction to the extreme, Mm -hmm. I start not allowing your gifts to shine because of the sin of others. And that's what you can't do in that. And that's where I think asking is kind of, is letting the law guide versus letting Christ guide. Yeah, that's good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think another question we should ask ourselves is like, how has God wired and equipped us to bless the opposite sex? Mm -hmm. Right? We don't need to be if my gifting, is, my gifting is not evangelism, and so going and looking to someone of the opposite sex and being like, I'm going to help you with evangelism.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Not, I mean, we wouldn't really do that with anyone, but like, <laughs> you know, you should rely on how has God wired and equipped you? What has he called you to? What are your convictions in terms of the opposite sex? Kind of like I mentioned at the beginning, I feel very called to encourage and help the people, the men on our staff to meet their ministry needs. I think that's part of, why I'm resourcing. Like I want to help them in any way they can reach the goals and the vision that God has given to them. Mm. So that's a great question to ask
2: mm-hmm. as well. And
0: I think we see cool examples of that in scripture that I'd love for us to tease out a little bit too because we've talked a lot about- I was about. just going
1: to say that. uh huh. Like thinking about, okay, if you're like, ah, I know, but like Paul was single. Yep. And is staying with Rufus's mom, who's a widowed woman, mm-hmm. which I think we'd be like, whoa, hold on, yo. And maybe even rightly so in our culture, that could be yeah, seen as slightly strange. And that culture, it wasn't because of even how the way things were set up. But this is a woman who probably was in grief. Paul's single. It would be easy to be like, yo. But somehow, we don't know how, yeah. but somehow their relationship was fine. You think about people like uh, like Priscilla, mm-hmm. who was also a great encouragement to Paul— and was also training up Barnabas, but she was married.
0: Worked alongside her spouse.
1: Okay, so... Leading a church. But clearly, the leader, even her name is always mentioned first, yep. because it's like, she's the one that's probably gifted, called into ministry. Yeah. Able to... So she's training Barnabas, helping. I'm sure Aquila was also there doing some of that as well. I'm sure at times, it was just Priscilla and Paul. It was just Priscilla and Barnabas. Mm-hmm. It was just... And that was okay. So, widowed woman, married woman. You think about Christ himself. Yeah. Single man, that's the savior of the world, meaning he's perfect in his empathy. He's perfect Mm. in his emotional intelligence. He's perfect in his psychological standing. He's perfect in all these realms. You're going to be attracted to that as a male and a female. You're going to want to be around that. And somehow he was able to be around other single women and other married women and honor their Imago Yes, not lead them on in any way, Mm -hmm. but also to bless them even at times in one-on-one types of situations or even pseudo-provocative situations where the Pharisees are like, yo, do you know the disciples are coming back? Like, he's just talking to this random woman who's been married five times by himself. Now, I'm not saying that's wisdom. You're not the son of God. You're not Christ. You probably should not, right? But it's like, okay, yo, you see it all throughout scripture. So if we're like, no, never, we can't. It's like, Well, then was Jesus in sin there? According to your standard of the law, He was. That's why you're not God. You're not the law. It's your conviction. And He was able to step into that. You may not be able to because you ain't God. And you ain't holy like He was. So So you see it, right? In throughout the scriptures. It's like, man, somehow these relationships existed. How do we take what they have, imitate that, mm-hmm. apply that to our lives? Yeah,
0: I think that's great. I think there's lots, there's so many more other relationships. Like, even think about Mordecai and Esther, mm. that discipleship going on. He had to be like, hey, girl, for such a time as this, if mm-hmm. you don't, somebody else is. Mm-hmm. And she was about, Deborah. She's one of my faves calling people out who be not listening to the Lord and doing their thing. (laughs) Like Uh there's a place for it. And so if that is something you're struggle with and you're not sure where your lines are, Hey man, scripture is a fantastic, I mean, does this glorify God? Best question you can actually see what that looks like practically. If Mm. you look in scripture and you're looking for these relationships between men and women that glorify, there's also great examples of ones that do not glorify. (laughs) Yes, Lots of those. Lots of bad examples. Yeah, it's good. Um, But yeah, the word does not leave us ill-equipped to answer this question.
1: So I think when it's all said and done, yes, they can
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: with the right... Boundaries with the right intention, with the right clarification, with the right questions. Mm-hmm. Does this glorify God? With the right heart motives. And listen, if for you you can't, anything not done from faith is mm. sin. Mm. That's what Romans 14, 23 says. So you have to, in your own mind, right? Romans uh 14, 19, determine what is right. Or yes. I'm sorry, 14.5, determine what is right in your own mind. And then as you walk within that, I think there's freedom to do it appropriately and well. And I think where men and women learn how to do that, mm-hmm. the body of Christ gets healthier yes. because each of us pours into and blesses one another in ways that are beautiful and godly and all the things.
0: I 100% agree. And by gosh, it was well said.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I knew we were ending. I just didn't know who would say it. That was well said. Okay. Love y'all. Thank for
2: listening. <laughs>
0: For listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, like, subscribe, and share. For more information, visit our website at slash podcast.